So I think I have three hours. I could probably like run all the errands, mm-hmm. plan the menu, get all the groceries for the week. I could probably even like meal prep a little bit, you know, and then I pick up my phone and then <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens? <laughs> and then turns out I didn't even leave the house. Life gets easier if we figure it out together. Welcome to The Lisa Show. I have this touch-it-once rule. So when I'm cooking and baking or bringing in packages from the garage, whatever it is, I only touch that item once instead of, say, taking in the mail and then putting it on the counter to sort and put away later. I just either throw away the junk mail or take care of the bill and pay it right away, right there. Or if I'm cooking, if I take out the vanilla and I use it instead of setting it on the counter to wipe up and put away later, I immediately put it back into the cabinet. <laughs> and I realize that it, I just do this automatically in order to save time. And it's something that has just become folded into the routine of my life because I am concerned with using my time wisely and organizing my time in the best way. And I know that this could become a little obsessive if you're ta- if it's taken to extremes, but I am always curious about using our time in the best way. And is there a method and are there best practices that will help you save time? So I'm really glad that I have my sister Gina here to have this conversation with me because I want to check to see if we remember the same childhood memory, the same. Do you remember, I was about 12, so you would have been around 10. I was obsessed with this book that we got at the local library because we'd walk to the library, get as many books as we want in our little tote bags and walk back, right? Right. Cheaper by the dozen. Do you remember? Oh my gosh. You, why were you obsessed with that book? I don't even think I, yes, you were. And that is so funny. I don't even think I ever read that book. Well, you're lost. And everyone thinks it's just like the Disney movie with Bonnie Hunt, who's a comic genius. She's amazing. And Steve Martin, like, they're great. They're fabulous. It is not the book, right? Like, it's based on a true story. Anyway, I'm obsessed. And it was all about this mom and dad who were time management, like, specialists. And they had 12 kids, six boys, six girls. And they would do all these things to, like, save time, like how they brush their teeth and, and, like, where they kept all their stuff just to save 30 seconds here and a minute there. And they would listen to French records while their kids, like, got ready in the mornings to help their kids learn French. And I was obsessed with it because I thought if you just— plan out your day correctly, you can, all your dreams can come true. And I, I can't even say it without laughing now because, the, because life, because life <laughs> has happened. And I've, tr- but in my heart of hearts, I still feel like we, if we could crack the code of time management, we could solve all of our problems. And I got this idea when I was a little kid. That is so funny and so telling, actually. That explains a lot. I had forgotten about the cheaper bread that doesn't. I thought that's why you just decided to have like a million kids. Well, also that. I was like, we can have like, you know, family routines. And that's when I became obsessed. Oh, you're all with about, the, yes. about the family routine. Yeah. Every season that I go into your house, there's a new poster with some new directions and some new charts. Yeah. And I gave that up a couple years ago. But yes, I did at one time really feel like that was the answer. I thought it was just because you like Sharpies and giant pieces of paper. That too. Okay. 
I love art supplies. So I, I, I wonder, did you also grow up with this idea that time management is the key to success or productivity? No, I grew up with a different thought about that, okay. which is interesting because, I mean, our house was very orderly. Mm-hmm. So I definitely felt order, but my order was more with like my physical things. I don't know if you remember sharing a room with me or not. <laughs> Oh, but this I'm might surprised. Get a bit. I'm surprised that the oh, organization of your time Stop did it. not <laughs> did not you know like spill over to the organization of your half of the room, which was abysmal, by the way. Which is so funny because, like, I tell my kids that now they're like, Gina said you were a total slob, because now I'm super super organized and like I'm yeah. a clean freak. I just got the best. Is that what you're saying? I yeah, just sorry. I got the, the the free and easy Lisa. <laughs> and they they've got the organized. No, but so I was organized in my things and in my thinking, but time, I guess as a child, I didn't really give it that much thought because mm-hmm. your time as a child is so set for you. Like it is Yeah, you your know, parents just tell you what you're gonna do. Exactly. So I didn't feel like there was a lot of freedom there. But when I did go away to college, I moved away from home. I lived in an apartment and it really was up to me. And that freedom of just knowing you can do whatever with your time. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I'm seeing my kids. I have two daughters that don't live at home anymore, and I'm seeing them explore their time. <laughs> like explore the freedom yeah, how that they have. Spend it. Exactly. And it's really, really interesting to see the different ways that they do. Because one is a little more well, actually both of them are are very organized with their time and have these really specific goals. And I think as when I left home, I had goals. You know, I had, okay, I want to graduate from college and I need to take these certain classes and some classes were only offered at a certain time. And I also kind of had to work a part-time job in there. And so your life does kind of force you to have time management. But as an adult, I think sometimes we get so tired of managing all of our time that then we don't and we kind of fall off on some of those habits. And then you feel like you're getting nothing done. Yeah, you almost feel <laughs> like you're I rebelling against, like, I just need to relax. But relaxing and wasting time and intentionally, like, it, taking care of self-care and just, like, just wasting time are two different things. That's Yeah, exactly. You know? Because at the end of wasting time, you feel, like, unfulfilled and you feel behind. But if you're intentional about what you're taking a break or something, then you feel refreshed and ready to continue, yeah. you know? But it's like one is putting you on a trajectory down and one is putting you on a trajectory up. So I think that's why it's important. Like for me now, I do have kind of a freer schedule. Like I, I do work full time, but I can set my own schedule. There's not a lot that's, it's more project-based mm-hmm. than like based on, I have to be at a certain place at a certain time. Now, certainly there's some things that are like that. So finding that freedom and and giving making myself have the discipline to set up my time and to manage those things that are most important has actually been quite a challenge for me to balance all the different components of what needs to happen in my day. Mm-hmm. But 
when I do it correctly, when I have one of those days, I can lay in bed at the end of the day and be like, yes. Yeah, you feel like a rock star. You do. (laughs) It's so weird. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you in on this conversation is because you taught me an important principle that I didn't realize I was living until you put words to it. And it was after, it was several years ago, after you had, you know, been a mom for a few years and you said, you know what? And we were talking about somebody else. I think we were talking about our little sister. Actually, sorry, Amanda. <laughs> Who did not have any children Who at the time. Have any children at the time. And we were, you were saying like, oh, I get her. I get what she thinks because I used to be like that before I had kids until I learned the principle of scarcity of time. And I was like, what are you talking about? And you're like, oh, you know. And then you explain this. So I want you to explain it. So it was such an epiphany to me realizing that I think I realized this at the end of the day, I was evaluating what I had done that day mm-hmm. and kind of comparing it to when, before I had children. So my husband and I were married for about six years before we had any children. So, you know, I was in the adult world. I was done with school. I was working. And so I had all this quote unquote time, right? I had all all the time in the world. And then we started having children and I felt like I was actually accomplishing more in my personal life and just little goals and things that I had when I had less time. So my my theory on this... Which doesn't make sense. It makes no sense. But my feeling on the scarcity of time is when you realize how precious that time is, you prioritize better and you get you can get more done. And And I don't know if you actually are getting more done, but you're getting more of the important stuff done, which I think is a whole purpose of time management. There's so many... Yeah. In unimportant things and minutia that we can fill our lives with. I mean, sitting on your phone, that's something I have to say, okay, I'm setting time aside to, you know, go look at Instagram or go look at my social media or check my emails or whatever, because that can be such a time sucker. But if you prioritize the things that are important to you first and then do those and then fall through on that, <laughs> I mean, there's that component of time management, then you can get so much more done in your scarce amount of time. I love that because I think you initially had described it to me of like, hey, look, think about like all of the chores or the errands that you have to run on a Saturday, right? Like before it might take you three or four hours to like go to the grocery store and to do laundry or whatever. But then once you have kids, you're like, okay, I have a babysitter or the baby is, you know, down for a nap or whatever. I have this much time. So I'm going to do these three things or these four things and you, instead of just thinking, oh, whatever, I can just get this done whenever you, it's almost like you time yourself so that you're a little (laughs) bit more productive. And that, when you said it like that, it just, I thought, oh, that is so true. But now that you're talking about like prioritizing what things really matter, it just seems to me that you're just much more intentional with how you use your time. Like you feel more accountable for it. So, you know, there's been a lot of of space in between the time that we had that first conversation and now, and our lives have both changed a ton. So I know you've probably tried a lot of different kinds of time management techniques. Which ones do you think like really actually work? So if I know I have a lot of things coming up and I have a lot of tasks and things to accomplish and there's just a lot going on. And and when I say that tasks, I mean tasks that I have to do at work things that I have to do in relation to some volunteer service I have at church, you know, different programs and games and Mm -hmm. things for the kids, and then things that need to get done around the house. So I 
organize my thoughts in ways of all these different categories and all these different things I do. And honestly, I still have to write stuff down. And I'm like the queen of the three by five card. Okay. Not this okay, is something so we have in ev- common. I was gonna say, not everybody <laughs> loves Sharpies and three by five cards and G2 pens like we do. So explain what the magic of a three by five card is. So the great thing about a three by five card, and I wrote my grocery list on this, and then if I have a day coming up that I know you know is has a lot, I'll do a card that has every all the tasks that I would like to get done for the day. And I, I often overload. So that's kind of something I'm working on. My husband's always like, you think you can get more done than you can? I have that too, though. I, I have that do. where I think I can get one more errand in in a day than is humanly possible. And the older I've matured and realized my own abilities and capacities, and so I've tried to <laughs> to give myself some kindness and just be like, okay, if I don't check off all these boxes, yeah. it's okay. But the three by five card, the great thing about it is it's big enough that you're not going to lose it. You can easily tape it to a cabinet or something for the day, Um, or you can slip it in your pocket or your wallet. It's about the size of your phone, depending on what version you have. And so it just sits nicely next to your phone as a reminder. I have tried electronic lists. I do keep some things on notes on my computer or on my on my hand computer, on my phone. <laughs> but I don't know. There's something about the physical, tangible piece of paper and the act of writing things out transfers it from my brain, gives me an extra reminder by having to write out the words. So if for some reason I lose the list or often I've left the list on the counter at home and had to have my husband or my kids snap a picture of it and text it to me... <laughs> It just solidifies that a little bit more in my head. So that's the magic of the three by five card. (laughs) Yeah, I have a testimony of it too. I got, I've got these little five, you know, three by five cards. And I remember when my late husband Christopher was in college, and he, you know, he was in grad school, and we would just write out together, like on the three by five cards, every day what you had to do. Because so if you have like a really packed week. You know, and there's tons going on that week. And you're like, oh, if you can break it down into smaller pieces. And people, like you said, do this in lots of different ways electronically or in in big planners or whatever. But there was something about seeing, I only have to worry about this stuff on this day mm-hmm. and this stuff on Tuesday, this stuff on Wednesday. And by the end of the week, I'll get everything done that I need to. But it was just a way to like organize so many different schedules. And I would do that with like my kids too and and be like, okay, so this is like... These are the assignments that, you know, this kid needs to to turn in by this time or whatever and and kind of help them do that with less success than well, maybe my own time management. And that is another thing I wanted to ask you about it because it's one thing how we decide how we're going to spend our time uh, and especially as we get busier and it, and that changes with new jobs or when you have kids and things like that. Any life change changes how you use your time. But how have you successfully communicated that or maybe unsuccessfully with your kids? So one thing I try to do is give them enough space that they can figure out what works for them. And so often there's very few times where I'm telling my kids, you have to do this now. I know I tried that and it didn't work. It doesn't work. I mean, I really, really tried it like hard. (laughs) Then you're just disappointed. Now and then we'll do this. And it was just like, no, I don't want. And it's just like, okay, well, you've got all day to do this one thing then. And you decide how you want to do it. Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. And so I'll say, well, these things need to be done by, and I'll give them an end time. And I use the three by five cards for 
Saturday chores. I do too. <laughs> I do. And I say, and I say, you and I put little boxes in front of everything because there's nothing more satisfying than checking off a box or filling it in or putting an X, whatever you, however you want to mark One that. One of my sons however, um, writes his initials next to it when it's done. And I, I, I always think that's the cutest thing. I love it. Well, and that way I tell them that, so this is what I've, I've come to as they've become older and can read and I give them a leeway. I give them an end time that things need to be completed. And then I say the the boxes have to be checked and you have to turn it back <laughs> into me. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's major accountability because guess what? I don't want to clean all the bathrooms. Yeah. And so somebody else has to do their part. <laughs> and if this is the price, <laughs> this is the price, <laughs> then this is how you're going to do it. You know, I feel like when you talk about time management, people want to talk about, you know, systems or planners or... We got to get everybody on the Google calendar. We got to, you know, and the comings and goings. And I, I'm i always really curious, though, on people's like overall philosophy, though, because this isn't something that I think we we necessarily talk about enough of like just the importance of how you spend your time, like even how you look at it. And so something new that I've been trying to talk about with my my teenagers is you know, it's not that I want to control you or say, you. this is bad, like video games are bad, or, you know, you need to go outside and go on a walk or whatever, and that's good. It's not about that. It's about how are you spending your time and what does it all accumulate towards? Like, who are you becoming? So it's not about the minutes that you spend on your phone, but it's about how you're spending your life or is your whole life and interactions on your phone. You know, like that kind of like bigger picture. Um, and, and I'm just wondering what kind of philosophy that you have about just how you should and, you know, should is a hard word, but how you want to spend all this. Because just to go back to my obsession with Cheaper by the Dozen and time management, it's like we're saving all this time for what? Like, yeah. what are we saving the time for? Yeah, if you're saving time just to waste time, then that doesn't seem purposeful. I think, and this is something we've done with our kids, is you have to kind of say, what kind of person do you want to be? What kind of adult do you want to be? What kind of life do you want to have? What kind of relationships do you want to have? What interests? Like, how do you want to become an interesting person? <laughs> are the yeah, things are yeah. the things you you're doing intention to learn? You know, to play guitar. But if you're not practicing every day, then what are you saying? Yeah, and I think too, we've talked a lot about being a well-rounded person. So yeah, it's great that you know how to use all of your electronics really well. <laughs> you know, you're excellent at TikTok dances. But how are you in interacting with your friends in real life? You know, how are you building those relationships? How are you, you know, playing your soccer game? You've got to practice those things. You practice piano. And I think helping kids realize, I, I, we do put some time limits on things because they can't self-regulate at certain ages. Sure, sure. And so it is important for the parents to be the parents and to to regulate. And we're realizing that more because they don't regulate themselves online. They really, you know, no. so... Yeah, they can't be just left to no. whatever. So there's time limits on video games. There's time limits on apps on their phones. Um, there's time limits on how they can just be interacting with their phones because they can text. I mean, you know, right. it's, it's ridiculous. And so really, I mean, what it comes down to, and I saw a meme online... That Are you says, going to describe gonna, a meme? Okay, I'm going to describe go. me No, it's just words. It's just words. So okay. I, it, it'll translate really well. It just says time management is self-management. 
And that's something we have to instill with our kids. My husband and I actually have and been ourselves. having- And ourselves. And ourselves, totally. So my husband and I have been having this debate um, because there's so much research out there that like phones and social media are so bad. Are so bad for um, for teenagers and their developing brains and self esteem and there's Ev- so many different issues oh, that everything yeah and I just I don't want that for my kids that's not that's not how I want it to turn out. However, that said, they also use them for finding out you know what's going on at school for checking their emails from their teacher. You know, it's like it, it, it's hard. It, it's out of the box. What can we do? And so really, we're trying to help them learn to manage themselves. And I think that's the point in time management is we set some parameters, but then within those parameters, they can they can make those choices about when things get done. But when it comes down to it, guess what? Everything has to get done. Like there's just some non-negotiables on that. Mm-hmm. Like your homework assignments have to be done each week. Yeah. <laughs> like it just ha- they there's just have to. There's a million different ways that you can do it. But it has to be done by a certain time. Yeah. And I'm not telling you when. But guess what? If you don't have it done by that time, then you don't have, quote unquote, free time, right? Then you don't have that free time because you didn't fulfill your obligations like you were supposed to I before. Like that. You know, this idea of time management and seeing it as self-management is something that is applicable to all of us. Oh, yeah. And I think being really open and honest about that. I was open the other night telling my kids, you know what? I am checking my social media too much and I'm starting to put time limits on myself. And I think that kind of surprised them, you know, like, what? What are you talking about? Like, You're an adult. You're yeah. supposed to have it all figured well, out. <laughs> and also, like, why would you give yourself a time limit? But just to, I want them to know that this is a constant negotiation and that we're accountable to ourselves, too. Definitely. You know, and and if it's bringing out the best in us or the worst of us or if it's helping us reach our goals or not, then that is a good indication that we maybe need to try something new. Well, and one thing, too, I had a friend um, kind of taking it to another level is she had some just some extra things she wanted to do. You know, we have all of our obligations, but she wanted to pursue some hobbies. And so each day of the week, she would pursue a different hobby for an hour. She set aside time. She's like, how cool. I'm going to scrapbook for an hour. You know, back this is back in the day. But I've thought about that because I do, I, I have a hobby that I just don't give enough time to, but it makes me happy when I do it. And I just need to set aside the time for and those that's other part things, of time management it that is, we don't talk about. No. Like, if you put it on that calendar, if you put it on that three by five card, it's going to get done. What yeah. is it? Sewing. That. You should do I it. I know, but I just don't make time. <laughs> but I will now. It's one thing to be good at time management yourself. It's an entirely different thing when you have to factor in other people, especially your children. So how do you get your kids on board with time management, knowing that a lot of kids have no concept of time and others have varying levels of time management? So I've got Carrie Ann Rhodes, Emily Taylor, and Amy Hackworth here. For our Council of Moms here, here, I call our meeting to order. Here, Seems here, here, here. really official. I'm in a pound. I wish I had a gavel. Hey, Richie, I need a gavel. Put that on the list. John. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about time management with your families. When I say time management, how do you feel? 
<laughs> stressed. I feel like I could leave the conversation now. I, I have nothing to contribute. Oh, but I think you do by that answer. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you all the ways I don't manage time. Please. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Let's see. So I think I have more time than I do. I think I have three hours. I could probably, like, run all the errands, Mm -hmm. plan the menu, get all the groceries for the week. I could probably even, like, meal prep a little bit, you know. And then I pick up my phone, and then... (laughs) (laughs) And then what happens? (laughs) And then turns out I didn't even leave the house, you know, or whatever. I I, Then then I remember—I mean, for sure my phone is a distraction, but then I remember there's some laundry to do, and then I realize, like, oh, my gosh, today— is actually the 15th. I thought it was tomorrow. I mean, the list goes on and on. Actually, when you just said that, I just remembered that I didn't um, switch out the laundry like I was going to this morning. I'm sorry to say that I did. I did do mine before I came. It's going to set me off. Dang it. My whole system's ruined. That's funny. So I think I actually have some of the opposite issue. Like I am like kind of, ske- I'm pretty scheduled I'm and like, I congratulations. have, yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, and so I, don't, I actually don't bring it up to, to say that. Like, of course, I think I, I think I have some of the opposite issues of like, I have lists and I'm going through and things need to be done. So then when I get busy, I start getting really directive. Like if, if you talk oh, about at home, I'll sure. be like, I'll be in my office and use my cell phone and be like, hey, have you done your homework? Can you come up here? <laughs> and then like, so I'm like managing the time, but then there's still people behind <laughs> everything that I'm trying to manage. So I can tell, again, like I have a house full basically of teenagers. I have from 11 and a half to 17, five kids in there. So there's not a lot of desire to it be told what to do. go time. It, yeah, it's go time. So I get into go time. And even my husband's kind of like, okay, like, calm down. Like, <laughs> sit with me. And I'm like, I don't have time. There's sit. no time for sitting. You know all the things that yeah. I need to do. So it's kind of the flip of what things can I let go and what things really have to be done. And could I rearrange things when there's like, say there's a really good conversation that I want to have or it's starting, even though I have other things that I need to get done. Can I pause, take time for that conversation, say with a child, and then move on to the next things? So to be flexible. So that's a little Mm -hmm. bit more my challenge. Something we've done that's really helped, and this is not like a really formal process, but we gather at night. This is, again, like the whole family around 9 to 9.30. Sometimes there's rolling of eyes. There's eating of cereal (laughs) off to the side. You know, there's all kinds of like muted TV, whatever. But I'll just ask the basic question of like, what do we have going on tomorrow? And then once you ask that question, again, because we have two teenage drivers, there's two adults, there's all these different activities. And I can't remember everything. I, I I use my little iPhone and I have a calendar in there, but I'm surprised by how many things come up that I wasn't thinking about that we just need to be reminded of. And we basically just ask the question, my husband and I would just be like, what do you need help with tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And then then it starts rolling. Instead of like me saying, well, tomorrow you have this and this and this. And I'm not dictating. I'm actually soliciting. I'm offering to help. <laughs> and then buffering it with, this is what I have going on. 
and, and I can help. And then you, you can kind of judge how prepared or unprepared everyone else is for tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> without so, being like, are you prepared? I mean, I I am the person running out to JC Penney for the black shirt for the orchestra <laughs> right. concert. You know, thirty minutes before it actually happens. I met a couple other moms there the other night. <laughs> they were also amazing. Yeah, which they ended up not needing anyway. That's uh, that's another uh, story. That is another <laughs> conversation oh, for boy. the council of moms. Exactly. Got to get on the same page about that. Yeah. Anyway, so I mean, there are things that you can organize. Some things you have to do on the fly, but rather than just being like, we have a weekly meeting, it's having that day-to-day 24 Mm -hmm. hours. If there's that much busyness, maybe that's something that might help. I love that because I feel like it gives your kids a chance to understand how busy you are and what you have going on, that if they have last-minute needs— They might be frustrated that you're not available, but you have the chance to tell them ahead of time, like, this is what I've got going on. I think that's great on lots of levels for you and for your kids. I feel like I am surprised at this point of my life about how I use my time or time management has become so emotional for me. I feel like because in the last little while, I've had three kids leave the home and launch into being adults, and I have two teenagers in my home, and they don't need me. And because of the way we've set up their lives, they manage their time themselves. And so I find that I have more, quote unquote, my time than family time, that I don't like it. And that time management and how I'm going to spend my time, I like attribute so much emotion to it. Like it's like, I don't like it. And and as much as I swore I would never be that mom that's like, I miss it when my kids were little and life was crazy. And I had five kids because I remember being in the thick of it and going, don't tell me to enjoy this. Don't tell me it goes fast. Mom tells me the days are long, but the years are. I'm gonna lose it because (laughs) there's nothing I can do about it now, you know. And and I did try to enjoy it as much as you can in the moment, and try and I did. It doesn't lessen the sting of it later, though, you know. As I I couldn't have enjoyed it more. You know, and I had a very different COVID experience, and I feel like I, in a lot of ways, was, was robbed of, of sort of the collective community experience of COVID in the positive ways that people experienced of, oh, just having fun, getting to know your family, and slowing baking down, bread, and slowing down, and my things. experience is pretty dramatic. I mean, I buried my husband during COVID, and I mourned with my children, and then sent more than half of them off into the world. And so I look at time management and it's like, it is caught in my throat of like, now what do I do with all of this time? And I'm I'm one that is sort of like you, Emily, like I've got everyday plan. I'm very busy. I have lots to do, but time feels different. It has a weight to it that's different. And yes, it's because, you know, I've had these dramatic life experiences, but I also feel like it changes as you get older, that time it's so easy just to be like, wait, when did that happen? What am I doing today? And not not just in a memory sense, but and then maybe it's because it's a smaller fraction of your life or something. I don't know. I'm getting very <laughs> sentimental. You can hear just about time and what it all means and how I've like passed these attitudes about how you spend your time and using your time wisely to my kids. And, you know, this is the only time in your life that you'll be able to do X, Y, Z. So really make sure that you, you know, savor it as much as you can. I'm not sure that it's the healthiest way to look at time. But I did want to bring up the point that it is an emotional issue. It's not just, let's just make a schedule. 
our families have emotions attached to how we use our time. That's such a great point. And I think that's part of why I struggle with time is that I am not really a linear thinker. And so time, and actually listening to you talk, I'm like, time is a mystery. I know. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or is it just me? <laughs> it speeds up. It slows down. It right. I don't understand it. If I close my eyes, you know, I'm 20 years old. Right. I think it actually relates also to being able to say no. I think oh, there's yes. a thing here at the Council of Moms. <laughs> when we talk about saying no, it's going to bring out some strong emotions, right? I mean, because this is something that we I, we find, I don't know, don't you find you have lots of conversations about this? I should do this. Right. Well, I know I should be, but I really want to do this instead. Or mm-hmm. I just said no. I just did it. I just said it. And, oh, I, totally. and I, I, I don't even care. But then you keep talking about it. Like There's <laughs> so many feelings about saying no. Yes. So So how do you do it? I think, like, Carrie Ann, you were talking about some kind of evaluation, some way of saying, like, I like how you parceled time towards a week or even like, you know, for me, I'm in school again. So there's a semester and be like, Mm -hmm. what happened this semester? Like, do I want to do that again? Like, what would I shift? And again, if you're a stay at home mom and you're not working. Maybe it's just like seasonal. Like, you know, in the winter, we really didn't get out much. Like I wanted to go visit museums Mm -hmm. up in a different city. We just ended up staying around, you know, our house this whole time. And I really want my kids to get out and see something different. So I think parceling the time, like you said, really makes a lot of sense. I love that. I'm so excited about that idea, you guys. Thank you. Well, it's 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 different, the way different brains work. I need that. I need someone else's neurological, you know, logic or thinking to get me out of my own ruts. But how often do you say, okay, okay, ladies or gentlemen, we're going to sit and talk about time today. Like you said, no one wants to talk about time management, no. but thank you for having this conversation so that I could <laughs> learn something from someone else. I just, I maybe have had just a different, yeah, perspective on time. And I'm like, what does it all mean? You know, okay. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, one philosophical crisis. Yeah. It's like my third one in the last couple you, of years. It's okay, fine. I'm Lisa? getting real. I'm fine. I'm fine. What is time? Why are we here? What, what is anything? What is the purpose mean? Of life? Let's chat after this, okay? No, no, I'm fine. Really, no, I'm fine. But I do think that evaluating time is important. Like I, I know there's some people that are like, well, who cares? It'll get done. It'll get done. You know. And I think maybe secretly for many years, I wish I were that cool girl that was like, whatever. I don't even No, the cool girl arrives late to dinner. And she doesn't have any responsibilities. Thank you. See, there's just, you know, it's just never going to happen. And so I'm trying to come to terms, you know, (laughs) what that means. But I do feel like we pass on sort of our attitudes towards it. I do feel like if you want to be really mean to me, or if I want to be really mean to my parents, all I have to do is start to sing Cats in the Cradle. You know that old song? I think it's from the 70s, you know? Cat Stevens. It's it's Cat Stevens, you know? Cats (laughs) the cradle and the silver spoon. My brothers and sisters and I will sing that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna have a good time then. I guess I don't know the meaning. Okay, so it's a... The parent who's like, this, yeah, that sounds great, son. We're going to get together. It's going to be awesome someday, someday. And then he grows up and has his own children. And then the dad comes around because now he's old. And he's like, yeah, dad, we'll get together sometime. And it's going to be great. And so Ooh, <laughs> that I know, it's time that slipping through your fingers, not using it productively. Yeah. And, and I think that all parents have it to a certain degree. The cats in the cradle disease, I call it, 
where like you want to make every moment special and magical because you know that it's fleeting, but because you're so focused on it, it's like you're ruining it. You, you know, you just at some point, and I, I do this all the time, kids, we're going to have a special family dinner. Kids, <laughs> this <laughs> vacation, we're going to make memories that will last a lifetime. And I am setting it up to for mean tantrums too and for, much. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> it's just too much that everyone's like, okay, mom, settle down. And it's those moments that you don't plan for that right. ironically mean the most. Mm-hmm. I have a thought about that. <laughs> My friend calls those FFFs, forced family fun. Oh, there you so, go. <laughs> but I was thinking about this because, so again, like in my attempt to try to get everybody on a schedule and keep them on a schedule, like my one son has to go to the bus at 7.30 and it's just right close by and he would not eat breakfast. He's just like, there's nothing here I want to eat. Mm, great, and so thanks. I'm like kind of like in a quandary, like I don't want to send my son to school. Anyway, It turns out we took the time. I made breakfast for him, and then I ended up taking him. So it was more of my time that I didn't want to give at that moment. But we had a great conversation. And he, like, if we're talking languages of love, he is service. Mm. So I don't want to be a servant. Like, I kind of like, like, I don't want to make you your breakfast. But the minute I chose to switch gears and not stick on my schedule, we had this great little interaction. And then later that day, he was like, thanks so much for— you know, making me breakfast. Again, like, uh-huh. you don't always get the thank you. No. But the idea of shifting. Well, he said earlier, flexibility. Like, have a plan, have a schedule, whatever, but be willing to bend, to shift. And he's love. never going to sing. And the cats and the cradle and the stone. <laughs> to you. No. No, he won't. <laughs> and maybe well, at least not today. <laughs> My kids, however, they're going to be singing it to me all the time if they want to, you know, hey, you know what we should do? We Don't make dinner, Mom. You should order a pizza. We could go to a movie. It's a school <laughs> night, Mom. The cats in the cradle. No, stop. They're, stop he's, it right uh, now. they're developing a vaccine stop for the right now. cats in the cradle. Yeah, thank you. Here. Okay, good. <laughs> Okay, so how do we do this? How do we get better? I'm talking with Laura Vanderkam, who has a great TED Talk, How to Gain Control of Your Free Time. So, Laura, I have to ask you, you know, in this day and age right now, we're being bombarded with a lot of information about how to prioritize our time, how to use our time wisely, how to stay on top of everything. What are your best practices for how you use your time? So I think it's really important to have some system that you're going to stick with. For me, I have found one of the best tools for anyone is to have a designated weekly planning time. You could choose when that is. Uh, I choose Fridays for reasons we could talk about later if we want, but uh, you just have 15, 20 minutes carved out every week at the same time every week where you think through your life. You think about your upcoming week. You think about what is important to you personally and professionally. Uh, Think about how you can take steps toward your larger goals. You also think about what is already on your plate for the next week. Um, Think about what you need to do how you're going to get that done, what logistics need to happen for all of that to occur. Look through any trouble spots, you know, figure out how you can solve those problems and you end with a plan. You feel like you have calmed the chaos and you can get a lot done in in 20 minutes. It really just uh, goes a long way toward calming the chaos. Calming the chaos is definitely something that I'm drawn to, right? Because I know, you know, what they say about best laid plans, right? And when you mix in other people's schedules, whether it's a partner or coworkers or your kids, you know that the frustration is coming. And so what do you do in those moments where you're like, I want to get this done. This time is for this, but I have to change. And how do you 
not get so frustrated by it. It certainly can be frustrating, but what I always say is that anybody can create a perfect schedule. The true time management masters create resilient schedules, schedules that are able to deal with the fact that life doesn't go as planned. I mean, life never does go as planned. Right. Stuff comes up and um, could yeah. be bad stuff, could be good stuff, probably a little bit of both, and you want to be able to deal with it. So, you know, we can have things that we intend to do at a certain time, but a truly good schedule also has a backup slot for whatever really needs to get done um, in, in case the first time just doesn't happen. And then, you know, you can still stay on track. Give me an example of how that might, might work in practice. Well, one idea is to leave, say, Fridays relatively open. Um, so people I've seen do this will schedule most of their priorities for the week, anything they need to get done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, with Thursday a little bit lighter, and then Friday as open as possible. And what that means is that when something goes wrong on Monday and Tuesday, there is a spot to stick the overflow. You just move it to Friday and deal with it then. And so you don't have to um, decide not to follow your priorities, right? You have a space for it or borrow time from the next week, which is no doubt going to have crises of its own. So that is a, a good way to build in that time. But, you know, if you can't do that, or if things need to be dealt with more immediately, some people will try to build in 60 to 90 minutes of open space every afternoon, right? Mm -hmm. And then anything that goes wrong in the morning can be absorbed during that time. You can see sometimes in offices that have appointments, I mean, if your dentist is doing this wisely, <laughs> they are yeah. back on track in the afternoon. Like the morning can go off the rails, but then the afternoon, there's been some space scheduled in so, so they aren't as late from the afternoon as they were from the morning. And we can think about trying to do the same thing in our own lives. Yeah, and, and it's like giving your future self a little bit of, of a gift, right? The gift of time and the gift to be able to just to breathe a little bit. Yeah, we all need that space. And, and really, I'd say the busier you are, the more important white space becomes because the more things you've tried to pack into your schedule, the more likely one of them is going to go wrong or at least take longer than you expected. And so when things take longer than expected, which is somewhat the nature of life, <laughs> we, we right. have to, a space to put it. You, you know, you write and speak so eloquently about so many topics surrounding time management, like making priorities and making over your time and controlling that kind of free time. I'm wondering which of these that you've learned the hard way. <laughs> Well, you know, I think the fact that life never does go as planned is something that we all have to learn the hard way. And yeah. um, But you adjust. Um, so for instance, the reality that if you fly through Chicago O'Hare in the winter, the chances <laughs> that your flight doesn't take off, not small. <laughs> yeah. or, or, or is at least severely delayed. So, you know, the first time you are, you know, appalled that this could possibly happen. And, and then, you know, by the second time, you're like, well, I've already identified which backup flight I'm going to try to get myself on if the first one isn't going. That sense that, you know, we hope things go well, but we can never plan on things going well. We shouldn't bet too much on things going well. We always want to have a backup option in life is, is something I've Definitely learned over the years and I think became even more important during the pandemic for the past two years that, you know, we make our plans, but sometimes things have to change. And if they do have to change, what is your backup option? 
what would also work for you? What would also help you achieve your goals? And if you know the answer to that question, you can be a lot less upset about any given deviation from where you thought things were going. Yeah, it's a kindness. I, that's an interesting one. Much less upset, less uh, you know, frustrating. I do feel like you are validating what I always think is that the way that we deal with time is connected to our emotions a a lot of time and to other people. And it's not just about our schedules, but it's also about our emotions and our relationships to other people. Yeah, it's about that. And it's also about our energy levels Um, because I've had thousands of people track time for me over the years. Uh You can look at anyone's log and see where there is space to do whatever, right, that they have have not been able to do in their lives. And very few people have, you know, zero time that couldn't be redeployed to something else if they truly decided something was a priority. But it hasn't happened because our energy levels are not the same through the whole day. So it might look like somebody could, you know, go for a walk after work if they're trying to get more physical activity in their life. They're like, but I'm just so tired. Or, you know, I would love to read more. It's like, well, curious, you want to read more. And yet there's like two hours of TV every night. (laughs) I wonder wonder where that reading time could happen. But it's like, you know, you're so worn out from the day that taking that slight extra bit of energy to read something instead of watching something just seems insurmountable in the moment. So I think it's important to note these things about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we know that things, you know, fall apart in the evening, well, then anything we really want to do has to happen before then. And so we need to set our lives with with that in mind. Or if we know during the workday that we can start the day with grand intentions and feel like we can conquer the world and, you know, by 2 p.m. we just want a nap. Well, again, you know, don't set something that's, you know, huge and difficult and not going to be easy to do for 3 p.m. in the afternoon because you just yeah. won't get it done or it will be a very frustrating experience for everyone. So so yeah, time is the same. You know, we all always have 24 hours a day and we always have 168 hours a week, but we have to know ourselves and what we are capable of doing at any given moment and, and use that knowledge to help us make sure we do get to the things that matter to us. So what do you think trips up people the most in using their time in the best way? I think it's just general mindlessness about it because time does keep passing no matter what you do with it. And so it is easy to do whatever is right there, whatever is easiest or whatever is screaming loudest at the moment um, and, and not really think about it. Whereas if you do take some time to think about how you would like to be spending your, your time and what those things are and where they could go in your schedule and what logistics need to happen, it just vastly increases the chances that, that something interesting does happen in, in your life. And, you know, just as one example, people always ask me, well, what are, people, what are the biggest time wasters? What, what do people waste their time on? And I'm sure they have, you know, there's answers I could give about like meetings and emails and chores and errands and, you know, social media and whatever else. But... The truth is, it is not thinking about what you want to spend your time doing. That's what wastes the time because that's what, you know, people have a a beautiful Saturday that they could go do something that they've long wanted to do if they thought about it, but they don't get around to asking themselves what they want to do with their time on Saturday until mid-Saturday morning. And then it's, you know, got to organize that. And by the time you do, it's later in the day and the things you could have done are vastly curtailed at that point. And so you wind up not doing anything cool. Whereas if you'd thought about your Saturday on, I don't know, Thursday or Friday, you might have been able to do that thing that you would have liked to do. So, you know, just encouraging people to have some sort of intention for their time. Doesn't have to be minute by minute, but any sort of intention can go a long way toward having time spent in ways that you would actually enjoy. 
Do you think that there are things that help focus that attention better, like certain apps or systems and programs and all of that kind of stuff? Or do you think that that is too complicated? It really doesn't have to be that complicated. What it is, is making a commitment to think about your time before you are in it. And so that's the wisdom of the weekly planning session, that you can sit there and say, hey, I'm looking at the weekend, and it looks like it's going to be sunny and 58 degrees on Saturday. And when is it ever sunny and 58 degrees in February? We should do something outdoors. Let me you know, send a note to the other people in my household, and we can brainstorm a few ideas and settle on something, and then you do it. You know, And that didn't really take any particular act. It just Mm -hmm. took the action of thinking about it and communicating with others and making a plan together. And when you do that, then you are more likely to follow through. You know, obviously, if you have some sort of app that could organize that with you, I mean, I guess that's great. But I mean, the problem with all sorts of apps and people looking for the perfect app, I mean, it's really more your behavior than anything else. I feel like connected to our time, our our relationships. And I wonder how you manage all the different relationships that you deal with every day and how much weight they all get when you are planning out your schedule. Well, certainly if you have a household of other people, you tend to want to plan with them. Um, And sometimes this can slow you down. If you were a, you know, autocratic ruler of the family, it would be uh, somewhat easier to make decisions and do. I mean, little kids, you can kind of do that with, but they eventually develop their own minds of things and, you know, want to be involved in the planning too. But, uh, you know, you can just talk with them. I think it helps to make a list of fun family activities or household activities. And you can do this with any group of people you spend time with. You have a close group of friends that you like to hang out with. You know, brainstorm a list of things you enjoy doing together. Have a list for your family of stuff that is mostly fun for the whole family for most of the time. I mean, nothing is ever fun for the entire family for all of the time, but you can hit a pretty high percentage. And if you have that list, then you are not stumbling around being like, what What do we actually want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? It's like, okay, well, we have this list. And we know that everyone likes to go for a walk, you know, a hike at this place and go to this restaurant for lunch afterwards. Okay, that's an option. Or we like to go to this museum that's also by the ice skating rink downtown or whatever it is that is a pretty sure hit for most of your family members. And then you could just choose from that list and and add to that list over time. But, you know, if you're hoping that brilliance will strike you in the moment, sometimes you come up short. (laughs) I know. Or trying to decide, like, what restaurant to go to. You know, for fun, when everyone's hungry, I do not recommend that. No, no. It's it's really just going to be a disaster. (laughs) It is. That's so great. I um, appreciate the attention to the relationships because I feel like the way that we use our time sends a message to our loved ones about what we value. And... And if we value them the most, then the time should be reflective of that. Any other final words about how you balance, you know, your own sort of wants and needs and dreams and your relationships when planning? Well, the good news is that there is a fair amount of time. You know, if we're thinking about, say, the weekend, there's a lot of time between the end of work on Friday and Monday morning. And so in that time, you could definitely have some family adventure together and then, you know, have some maybe adults only time at some point in there or, you know, have some me time in there too. You just have to think it through and you just have to, you know, coordinate and Maybe if you are, for instance, co-parenting small children with somebody, you say, okay, well, each of us is going to get a two-hour block of time to do whatever we want, and we'll cover for each other. And it's like, okay, that's great. Well, now, you know, 
we each get to do something fun this weekend that we really wanted to do. But if you don't think about this ahead of time, you're not going to magically divide the schedule um, in a way that allows for that. And somebody's going to feel unhappy. But if you put the thought into it, then you can you know, have your me time and have plenty of family time too. There's time for everything. There it is. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. This week, our show is produced by Lisa Valentine Clark, Richie T. Stedman, and McKay Menden, with help from Michael Combs and Kaya Dibb. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Lisa Show. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Or you can reach out to us directly at thelisashow at byu.edu. Next week on the show, how can you make sure you're ready for when life takes a turn for the worst? There's definitely certain things that you want to make sure that you have in place. And there's a number of reasons why people don't address this. Uh, But I will tell you from personal experience, once you're done with it, it makes you feel a lot better and at ease. That's next week on The Lisa Show. 